Hey guys, real quick, before we get started, I have a small request. If you've been blessed by our content and you like this show, would you take just a brief moment and leave us a five-star review? This is quite possibly the most effective thing that you can do to ensure that this content gets out to as many people as possible. Thanks. Jukebox Studio, here we go. Is shunning a biblical concept? If so, what would be a biblical example of shunning? Is it related to excommunication? Okay, that's a great question. Uh, shunning is not the same that you would... Uh, it's, it is biblical, but it's not done by Christian churches the same way that you would see it done by certain cults. Okay, so even Matthew 18, church discipline that ultimately culminates, if there's no repentance, it culminates in excommunication. Uh, well, what, what does it say, right? You go to your brother um, between you and him alone privately, if he listens, you've won your brother over. Uh, if not, bring one or two others along with you so that the uh, testimony may be established in the, in the, upon the evidence of two or three witnesses. Um, and if he doesn't listen to them, you tell it to the church. If he doesn't listen even to the church, then uh, treat him as a tax collector or a Gentile. A tax collector or a Gentile is not an untouchable. So it's not like in India with this you know, class system and there's certain people that you just can't even speak to. A, a Christian... Um, uh, without doing anything immoral, a Christian is permitted by God to speak and even have some degree of relationship, even perhaps um, a certain degree of friendship with a tax collector and a Gentile. Of course. What do you do with a tax collector and a Gentile? You preach the gospel to them. Uh, you, you don't shun them entirely. It's not an all-encompassing shunning. So there is a shunning in the sense that we are no longer extending to this individual Christian brotherhood. I'm no longer regarding you as a brother, but that doesn't mean that I cannot treat you in some measure as a friend. Okay? Now, I'm aware there are other texts. That's Matthew 18. There are other texts. Um, one is where the Apostle Paul says, um, if anyone does not take note of what I've written in this letter, um, have nothing more to do with him that he might be ashamed. Now, that's a great shunning text. It's literally saying, um, have nothing to do with him. And, and precisely for the goal of shaming him. So the apostle is literally commanding the church to, to in a joint effort, in a corporate effort, to, um, to ignore someone for the purpose of publicly shaming them. But even then, it's out of love. It's so that the individual will come back into the fold. And Paul actually goes further in that text and says, um, but do not regard him as an enemy, but as a brother. And so this, I believe, um, is actually, if we're looking at the Matthew 18 process of go privately, then, then bring one or two others with you, then tell it to the church, and if he doesn't listen to the church, then hand him over, treat him as a tax collector or a Gentile. I think what Paul says about... Um, about having nothing more to do with him, this would actually be before excommunication. It would be somewhere probably in between step two, the two or three going to the individual, um, and the final step of treating him as a tax collector and a Gentile, that somewhere throughout the church discipline process, so not uh, this is how we now regard the individual after excommunication. No, uh, because, because the Apostle Paul says, but do not treat him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. So you're still referring to the individual and regarding the individual as a brother, which if the person has been excommunicated, now treated as a tax collector and a Gentile, treating him as, regarding him as a brother is precisely what you can't do. 
So I think the Apostle Paul, um, even, and this is my point, I think the Apostle Paul actually, he doesn't just say it's permissible, he actually commands and prescribes that Christians employ the art of shunning even before excommunication. That's significant. That the, the church corporately, and I think it would, it would probably most likely be, tell it to the church. And so it wouldn't even be after what I said earlier, the two or three step, two or three now coming to the individual. It would be in between telling it to the church and then him not listening even to the church and then treating him as a tax collector or a Gentile. It would be in between those two steps. So the whole church, right? We've been very slow, very patient. Others who are wise and discerning have been brought into this, the one or two others. Uh, we've addressed this multiple times. There's been no repentance we are now bringing it to the church. And what we're not doing is we're not, the elders are not uh, telling the decision to excommunicate this individual to the church. No, we're telling the situation, what's going on to the church, and there's now going to be an appointed time before we excommunicate the individual for him to listen to the church. And during that time where he should be listening to the church, one of the things that the church is going to do is um, have nothing to do with him. Now, now, not nothing in a literal sense. One, the one thing that we are going to have to do with him is calling him to repentance and praying for his repentance. But we're not going to have anything to do with him relationally as far as we're just buddy-buddy and acting like nothing's wrong. In that sense, we're shunning him. But not treating him as an enemy, he's still regarded as a brother. We haven't gotten to the final step of handing him over. Um, so all that being said, to answer the question, yes, shunning is biblical. It's, it's explicitly in the Bible have nothing more to do with him that he might be ashamed. I, I think that's that's shunning. Um, but it's for a loving purpose, not just love for the church and protecting its purity from the alleged sinner, but also um, a love for the sinner, um, that he might come to repentance, that the Lord may use this love as tough love uh, to win the sinner over, to bring him back into the fold. So I think different purposes than cults that shun, um, and different methods than cults that shun. But does the Christian church ever shun at all? Um, biblically, we would have to say yes. Wait, 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 wait. Hold it. Big announcement, a scary announcement, a threat, but also a promise. The price of our conference, the post-millennial and theonomy conference, it's going up. It's going up right after Reformation Day. We are going to hold the price at $100, which is super cheap for a three-day conference with Dr. James White, Dr. Joseph Boot, Dr. Gary DeMar, and the guy who's not a doctor, so we'll say Pastor Joel Webbin. We've got a great conference, May 5th, 6th, and 7th in Georgetown, Texas, just north of Austin for 100 bucks, super cheap, but we can't hold that price forever. So if you want to get into that price, you got to get in now, right after Reformation Day, not Halloween, Reformation Day, October 31st. That's the last day that you can get in this conference, register at the price of 100 bucks. After that, starting November 1st, it's going to be 130 So go to rightresponseconference.com, rightresponseconference.com, and register today. Thanks.